Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. In this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, we meet Harry Muds in the first of two episodes, Muds Women. Compliance, the final frontier. Tom Fox is the voyager of Trekking Through Compliance. His mission? To explore the original series and seek out and share what it can teach you about compliance. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Episode 6, Mud's Women. Start 8, 1329.1. Harcourt Fenton Mud attempts to evade the Enterprise with a small Class J cargo ship, and it leads into an asteroid field. The Enterprise extends its shield over Mud's ship and in the process burns out three of its four lithium crystals. But just before Mud's cargo ship is destroyed by an asteroid, Mud and his human cargo are beamed aboard the Enterprise. On the Enterprise, Mud pretends his name is Leo Francis Walsh, but is eventually forced to admit his true identity, Harcourt Fenton Mud. The crew of the Enterprise, including Sulu and navigator John Farrell, become fascinated with three beautiful women Mud has been transporting, Ruthie, Magda, and Evie. The women are destined to be wives for settlers on Aphusilius III. McCoy notices a strange effect on his medical panel when one of the women walks near it and is about to investigate when he is distracted by another matter. As a result of the destruction of the three lithium crystals, the Enterprise is forced to divert to Rigel 12 in order to obtain new crystals. Before it can arrive, Mud obtains a communicator and makes his own bargain with the lithium miners on that planet. At Mud's prompting, the miners offer to provide Kirk with lithium only in exchange for Mud's freedom and the three women. Mud and the women beam down to Rigel 12, where Evie becomes fed up with her plight and runs away, but Kirk finds her without difficulty using the ship's sensors. In the meantime, he learns the secret to the women's beauty— Mud has been providing them with the Venus drug. However, after the rescue, Childress wants nothing to do with her when her beauty wears off. Kirk beams down to collect the lithium from Childress, at the same time providing Evie with red gelatin, which she believes to be the Venus drug. Evie believes herself to be beautiful again and unintentionally reveals her inner natural beauty. In the end, Kirk gets his lithium, Evie remains with Childress, and Mud is taken into custody to be turned over to the authorities only to make a second appearance on the original series in the show I, Mud. Fun fact, this episode marks the first appearance of three appearances of Roger C. Carmel as Harry Mud. He reprised his character in the aforementioned I, Mud and in Star Trek, the animated series, Mud's Passion. Although this is typically seen as 
as a enjoyable episode, and certainly the character of Harry Mudd is one that we will meet again. And although I think he sees himself as a swashbuckler, he's really just a fraudster. It does bring up a couple of different issues, particularly in 2022, as opposed to when the episode originally aired. Human trafficking is one of the great international scourges, and this episode borders on that. I don't think these women are being trafficked. I think they are trying to get somewhere and get something of their own free will. Nevertheless, you can see how the actions of Harry Mudd could uh, really easily move into something which could be easily seen as human trafficking. For every compliance professional, you need to be aware of this. You need to be aware of this not only in your supply chain, but you need to be aware of it in your customer base and certainly in your uh, third-party program on the sales side of things. The U.S. Congress has finally responded to several of these issues, and it is much more prevalent and thought about in Europe. So how far down in your supply chain are you able to go? These issues are here to stay, and with uh, this episode in an in uh, the light of 2022, I would ask you to consider how is your compliance program around the issues of human trafficking, specifically in the supply chain. So what are some of the lessons learned for the compliance practitioner from this episode? First of all, in the, today's age, you have to be concerned with the various iterations of modern slavery acts. So how do we know that the women were going with mud of their own free will? Certainly in the episode, uh, they make clear why they left their prior home worlds looking for husbands. And in the United States, for instance, in the Wild West, or at least in the western part of the United States, wiving was a thriving business. So it could be that uh, these women are legitimately uh, seeking out husbands, uh, or it could be more nefarious where someone like Harvey Mudd could actually be acting as a pimp and you could be in violation of the uh, Modern Slavery Acts uh, as well. It also should give you pause to consider the Modern Slavery Act from the sort of uh, non-female slavery aspect in terms of your supply chain? Have you looked into your supply chain? Have you ascertained that if there are people in your supply chain who are from outside the United States, are all the requirements of the Modern Slavery Act met? Next, what are your risks? And here I'd like to focus on the change of risk because that's what really uh, drives one of the story arcs here. Uh, Mud's ship goes into the asteroid, or into an asteroid field, the Enterprise uh, attempts to protect it by putting its shield over it, and it burns out the lithium crystals. Uh, that certainly was a known risk. But are you prepared for that risk? And what if the Enterprise had been stuck in space normal speed, i.e. no warp drive because they had no lithium crystals? Uh, it's a very long way out there, and somebody's going to have to bring you some lithium crystals, I suppose. But uh, how do your risks change, and how do you prepare for those uh, changes? Are you tied in with your business to know if they have moved to a new geographic area, have come out with a new product or service, are looking at a new customer base, which would include foreign officials and or employees of state-owned enterprises? So 
how do you manage your risk? How do you assess your risk? But equally importantly, how do you determine if your risks have changed? And then finally, one of the characteristics or rather traits, that's probably not even right. One of the job requirements of a CCO is to be able to tell when people are lying to you. Uh, this could be an internal investigation. It could be in a brief conversation. Uh, you really need to understand the psychology of uh, body language and how people communicate because it was clear that uh, Mudd was lying from literally his first breath, but uh, this was not picked up until the uh, inquest, a preliminary hearing on board the ship, and the computer identified him not as Leo Francis Walsh, but as Harcourt Fenton Mudd. So uh, are you schooled in investigative tools or techniques? Does your company have professional investigators? Uh, are they going to be able to look at people and assess whether or not they are telling the truth? That's obviously going to be a critical factor in an internal investigation. It's not simply uh, putting a document in front of someone and saying, why did you lie to me? Uh, you have to be able to know the answers to that going forward. Hope you'll join me tomorrow when we take up the episode, What Are Little Girls Made Of? If you enjoyed this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, you can help it grow by sharing it with the biggest Trek fan you know. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.